Welcome, friends, and thank you for listening. I'm Scott Sullivan, Discipleship Catalyst with the Georgia Baptist Mission Board, and our team exists to strengthen Georgia Baptist churches in the area of discipleship. We've developed three tools just for you. The Watershed Principle, which identifies the six main ministries of the church that must be healthy to produce world-impacting disciple-makers. The Spark Conference. Last year's conference saw over 33,000 views from 45 different states and 18 countries. This year's conference will premiere on August the 12th with best-selling author Tony Evans, Ben Mandrell, president of Lifeway, and David Kinneman, the president of the Barna Group. We also have learning communities that are set up throughout Georgia, which exist to help you finish the task of leading your family in ministry well. You can see our website to find one near you. Also, every Thursday at 3 p.m., you can catch this broadcast through Facebook, Instagram, or multiple podcast platforms. Now, let's join today's broadcast. Well, hello, friends. It's good to have you today on our weekly uh, time together here on Facebook, on podcasts, on YouTube, and all the various forms that we have of of sharing our sharing our group today and just being with you. Today we're going to have a great topic and the topic is going to be dealing with Sunday school uh, and small groups and whether we can actually do these two things together. Uh, and we're going to work on that. We're going to talk about that. I want to I wanted to just share with you, you know, in my experience with that is one of the top uh, issues that churches have struggled with for some time, a traditional Sunday school trying to move to a small group ministry. And then I've heard of some churches that have small groups that are saying, hey, I'd like to get a couple of groups on campus now. So it's kind of go a little bit both ways, uh, but we're going to talk about that. And I've got some wonderful folks online with me today to talk about that. I have Gary Lewis, uh, pastor at First Baptist in Rinkin, Georgia is with us coming from the pastor's perspective on that and their church is doing both of these at their church and also i have scott smith at lakewood church in gainesville who's discipleship pastor there and scott is a staff member coming at it from that perspective and they've been doing this for some time as well and i want to thank you both uh, for being with us today also, just please remember, if you want to please make a comment in the comment bar today, because what we're going to do, we're going to give away some swag to the person that talks the most. So if you talk the most on the side over there on the sidebar, then we look forward to sending you some things in the mail. And, and also, just please, uh, right now, just share this conversation on your with your Facebook group or with your friends so they might join us as well. Let's just kick this off and let's just start with Scott. Scott, tell me about your church and uh, tell me about how this thing of Sunday school and small groups together evolved at your at, at um, Lakewood Church. Yeah, Lakewood, Mike, is uh, it's 65 years old. We're here in North Georgia, right on Lake Lanier, about 60 miles north of Atlanta. Um, I've been here now for 21 years, came here in September of 2000. And at that time, we were a traditional Sunday school model only, uh, had a, probably a little over 20 groups at that time. This is 20, 21 years ago. We, I started noticing we were running short, really, of space, and groups were growing pretty large. I, 
when I finished up seminary, Mike, we I had guys who were going to churches smaller than some of our Sunday school classes. I mean, it was nothing to have classes with 80, 90 to 100 members in them. And so we we started having some space issues. We started having having what I felt like was in the intentional discipleship, a deficit there, because, you know, just a, a Sunday morning time frame from, say, 930 to 1045 just was not able, we were not able to get the outcomes that we were wanting. For. So we, we addressed the space issue, and we began addressing a more intentional level of discipleship through community groups. So that was kind of the genesis for us. Wow. Okay. Coming from a traditional model, mm -hmm. uh, moving into a new thing, Sunday school and groups together. How about you, Gary? What happened at, at First Rankin? Uh, well, I've been here for just over five years. And uh, when I showed up, it was similar to Scott. It was a traditional uh, church with about 13 Sunday school classes, most of which were very large. Um, here, though, when I followed, I followed a, a situation that was really bad and so a lot of people had left so we had plenty of space and we had plenty of rooms so Sunday school space really wasn't our dilemma at all. Um, we actually just started having conversations with people who were here and I found a large group of people who were disconnected because they like worked on Sundays. Um, some um, were like uh, teaching like kids classes and stuff. One couple had been doing it for 16 years and they didn't know anybody else in the church. And so when I began to say, well, could, would you like to try a class? They, I really met with them one on two just to explain to them what it was. Um, and the other thing was what Scott said, the classes were so big, if a new pe person came in, they experienced the, what I call the Plinko effect from Price is Right. They would enter in and in about two months, they'd be gone. Yeah. And so uh, those were pretty much the three engines that were driving me to say, let's maybe, uh, increase what we're doing in a different way. So that's where the exploration started. Mm -hmm. Wow. So coming kind of from two different places there. One was a, a space issue. And then another one was coming from kind of a church in struggle, trying mm -hmm. to build a new philosophy and direction. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I guess what that tells us is uh, churches come at this from all kinds of directions. It's not just one thing or another but it is certainly an option that we're seeing. And, and uh, you know, I know that change comes with struggle and I know that people are struggling right now coming uh, on the backside of COVID and this new opportunity to maybe do some creative things at our churches and, uh, do, and open up some new doors. And this certainly might be uh, one of those new doors that a church might be ready to walk through particularly at this time. And, you know, if uh, you're getting ready to do that in your church and really considering this, maybe that's something you'll want to put in the comment box uh, right there. And we'll be able to chime back in and maybe to help you and to share, share together as a group right there in the comment area. But, you know, change comes with struggle. And, and what about, uh, what were the struggles in doing this? Uh, um, Scott, when you first proposed this and this all started out, what was that like? Yeah, part of it, Mike, and we we did it a little bit different. I started, my wife and I started with three other couples, and we kind of piloted this for almost a half a year behind the scenes. No one even knew we were doing it. We're, we weren't trying to be um, rogue or deceptive, but 
I had watched a lot of people. This was in early 2000s. Rick Warren, Andy Stanley, Bill Hybels, a lot of the guys were doing small groups, community groups, whatever you want to call them, off-campus groups. But all of us here at Lakewood had come from a traditional stru structure. So none of us really had uh, the what community groups could and should look like. So when we started, uh, we kind of began forming uh, what we thought a community group structure should look like. And one of the key questions that I was, after we began bringing it more to uh, the surface, letting people know what was going on was, well, Scott, are you asking us to do both? Are you telling us to be in a Sunday school class on Sunday morning and then a community group on Tuesday night or Thursday night? And I was no, it's, it's not a both and it's really our our structure Mike was really an either or it's very similar to what Gary was saying is we were because we found at Lakewood we 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 draw people from a traditional background but we also draw people from a more um, progressive if you will structure with community groups and so we were not trying to be a a a Walmart you know giving everything, but we knew we needed to have options. And that's, that was part of it for us. We just, and it's been our niche now for over 20 years is having options for people that because one thing that we do see is very interesting. You, your childcare base on Sunday morning is, is taken care of with the children's ministry and often obviously with community groups that becomes an issue. And so, uh, having the options of either a Sunday morning format or an in-home community group format has been, it's, it's served us well. So uh, just a quick question for you, Scott, right there. What's, what's the percentage of on-campus compared to off-campus off with just adults, would you say? Yeah, with, with adults, we, we now are about at a 40-60 split, 40% on-campus, 60% off-campus. Okay. And each year it continues to grow, even though it's interesting, Mike, what I have found, um, and Gary alluded to this, is that new attracts new. And the more we start groups either on campus or start groups off campus, because we're still trying to do it. Uh, mm -hmm. But to y'all's point, during COVID, it's harder to start groups on campus just because of, of the limitations. Now, that has been changing in recent weeks for us, fortunately. But um, our, I will say our community group structure is growing at a faster pace than our Sunday morning structure is. Yeah. Okay. Gary, what say you about the struggles and the, the things that you've gone through that uh, you saw coming into so, this? Yeah. So what I did, I sat down with all of our adult leaders and we just looked at the average attendance. Like what is the average attendance of most people coming to our class, our Sunday classes? It was just over 50%. Mm -hmm. And so I challenged a few people who had become disenchanted uh, because the church I'd been in Oklahoma, we had done home groups. I said, so would you be interested in starting a home group? And uh, so I, I picked a kind of a fairly popular chicken uh, place. I said, you know, they have a fried chicken sandwich and a grilled chicken sandwich and nuggets as an option. Last time I checked, they don't compete together. They're all different depending mm -hmm. on what you're wanting to pick. So out of that, we had Sunday's classes and we were still promoting them. In fact, two Sundays ago, we launched five new classes. So we're not downing Sunday school at all. That's right. And then we started uh, a bunch of home groups 
And then honestly, out of that, uh, I saw something that became a need. So we started a third part and these are called D groups. Mm-hmm. So, um, and each of them are different again, in a sense, they're all chicken, but they're all three very different variations. So if you're in a Sunday class, it's not like, oh, poor person, one day you'll become a real devoted follower of Jesus and get to a home group. We celebrate all three. That's right. Um, and, and by doing that, we help people to understand they complete one another. And depending on where you are with children, time, schedule, uh, in your walk with Christ, pretty much dictates which one you're going to pick. Yeah. So, Gary, in, in light of what you just said, do you, do you encourage folks you just pick one though. You don't do all three. Do you do D groups and Sunday school or, or, or Sunday school and small groups? What do you suggest to your members when they come uh, to you? We suggest one, but I had a few people who uh, said, could we do two? Mm-hmm. And uh, so we talked about it and they said, well, Gary, when we were kids, if you recall, we had Sunday school and discipleship training. And I said, mm-hmm. well, if you're hungry for more of the Bible, I, I don't think I can debate with that. Yeah. And the main caveat was just making sure um, it really doesn't interrupt someone serving. That's right. what I'm saying. So as long as they're going and participating and growing and that's not hindering their serving, we're okay with that. That's a great perspective there, Gary, talking about the fact that we would be taking away from the ability for people to serve yeah. in, in that. And I think, I think that's something to remember. Uh, now you've already alluded to the to the positives to some degree, but what what fruit are you seeing from this now? Now that you've gone through it, and I know we're talking about post COVID and pre COVID and all those things, but can you give us some real positive things that we're seeing as a result of this and how this works together uh, in a good way, Scott? Yeah, for for us, Mike, I th- I think the first thing. Um, has really been a, a greater emphasis on discipleship, you know, of growing more to be like Christ. Not that we weren't doing that in Sunday school, but our language uh, and our, our vocabulary and the vehicles to do that, the community group structure really gave us, uh, in my estimation, uh, a, a better platform. I, I think most people who have ever been in, and I'm going to agree with Gary, by no means, because Gary and I both are doing both. So we're not knocking one and saying one's better than the other. They're, they're different. Um, having said that, what we did, and I hear this and what Gary, you're, you were saying, we began, one of the struggles that we had to start doing is addressing, okay, Yes, Sunday school is going to be different than community groups. Community groups might be a little bit different than D group. And, and so we, we said, okay, what are what we are the essentials? What do we want all of our groups to be doing, whether that's challenging our members to read their Bible daily, to memorize scripture, to pray for one another, to care for one another, to serve, as Gary was saying. And that, that will become, you will find if, if you have, because listen, we, we're on Lake Lanier. And so contextually for us, Mike, we have a lot of folks who are moving from Atlanta and retiring on the lake. They have discretionary time. So they want to be in a Sunday morning group, but they also want to do a community group. But then the ladies want to do a ladies Bible study and the men want to do a men's accountability group. So they to Gary's point, we have to make sure that they're not overgrouped and that they are still connecting and serving elsewhere. 
but the fruits that we have seen is, is the um, intentional discipleship. It's given more people an opportunity to serve. The beauty of it here, and it, this sounds pretty cheesy, but I don't mind saying it, is I've 21 years here at Lakewood, I've never had to go to our senior leader and say, I need a million dollar building to add more space because we've got luxury homes on the lake that our members are paying the mortgages for. So I've just always thought, you know, I would rather them pay the mortgage than us as a church be on the hook for all this educational space. And so we honestly, Mike, we have unlimited room to grow. There's the sky's the limit. As long as we have members who are willing to open their homes, we can continue to grow. So that that has been um, an upside and it's enabled us to connect more people in group life off campus than if we were just simply trying to do it in multiple hours in Sunday school on Sunday morning. So, Wow. You know, it's 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 really cool, I, Gary. I loved your your thing with the chicken. You talk. It's going to really relate to Georgia Baptist here. So, <laughs> you served both grilled chicken and fried chicken at your church. Essentially, groups, home groups, and mm-hmm. Sunday school. Gary also serves the nuggets, so which is really cool. So, but Gary, what are the positives that you see that are well, coming like out of that? Our our adult Sunday classes attendance was at fifty percent. And for our home groups and D groups, the, the average attendance is between 95 to 100%. Yeah. Wow. And so That's the right. percentage is huge. Um, and the thing we build into both of our home groups and our D groups, especially, is the accountability part. Um, and so there's really some deepening relationships taking place there and challenging. I, I feel like sometimes the missing ingredient for men in a church is there's not a lot of challenging one another. Mm-hmm. And so that happens in our D groups, especially. Um, and then we just had, like I told you guys, if you uh, before that we started, our, our our church had a missions golf tournament last Saturday, and a lot of the teams were just D groups. Mm-hmm. And so not only are they discipling one another, they're fellowshipping together, building relationships. Um, when I do like a baptism, the D groups show up, or if there's a need, the D groups take mm-hmm. care of it. Mm-hmm. And then we do track attendance numbers, but we do it through a software called Church Teams. So when they send me an email with who was there and who was not, they also can add like um, prayer requests and uh, needs. So it actually allows me to, because it's kind of micro-churched, allows me to pastor more effectively. So I can call 10 mm-hmm. people because I'm aware of all their needs through the group, uh, through the smaller group connections as well. Yeah. Wow, that's really cool. In other words, you're, you're able to really do ministry better from a pastoral perspective, even though your groups are more spread out and time-wise and location-wise and all of that, right. using the software to capture that and to bring people together better mm-hmm. in that way. Now, mm-hmm. let's, uh, let's, let's just imagine there's a pastor out there and he's watching this and, okay, coming out of COVID, getting ready to take the big step here. We're going to start some of these groups in homes. We're going to, I know we got a traditional Sunday school we're trying to bring back, but we want to, we also want to do some home groups. Well, tell them what, tell them what to watch out for and, and, and what they can look forward to Scott. Yeah, I would say, first of all, Mike, you got to know your context, kind of know, you know, because Gainesville is not, Rinkin and Rinkin is not 
Chicago or Alpharetta, you know, and so we, we all, Gary and I, had to do our homework on knowing what's our context and what fits our people best. And so I would say that first and foremost, um, what, what got us some of our greatest uh, momentum, Mike, in our, our group structure, especially with our community groups, is when our senior leader, without me even encouraging him, would just reference it in his sermon, almost as a, a sidebar of this week in my community group, and he would just go on a little illustration about something that they were talking about, which gave credence to, if this is what our senior leader values, then maybe we should value it as well. So not to put pressure on the senior leader that, hey, you've got to be the point man, but it's just to say what you value, your people will value. Uh, And so I, I have learned that. Now, having if, if Gary is a senior leader, I'm, I'm kind of in the, the number two, you know, I'm the middle management here at Lakewood and in terms of I'm, I'm, I am the group's person. But if, if Gary is the senior leader, he, he has to have somebody, whether that's a staff person or a, a high impact volunteer that's going to champion because somebody has to keep this before the people, you know, because we've all learned that vision leaks and you just have to constantly recast the vision. Why are we doing what we're doing? You know, Right. Right. How about you, Gary? What, what are you going to tell that pastor who's looking at this and saying, man, this is, this is going to be different. Well, I would say, add to what Scott said already, he said it so well that, you know, that first part is, so how is God leading? Because, you know, you don't need to imitate anybody, but but you can borrow from everybody. But Mm -hmm. I do think the pastor's heart determines how you take other people's ideas and craft them uniquely at your church. Um, And the other part, too, is is asking, so what's what's the goal of this? What's the end product? Like at our Mm -hmm. church, we stress every Sunday, even before I speak, you know, about people getting plugged in. And we say, we just want to help you build connection and relationships with people here because worship may be great preaching, maybe whatever, but we understand relationship is what keeps you coming. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we build that into all of them. And then I do think, like I said, with Sunday school, uh, home groups and D groups, each of them are a different flavor and to connect people to understand or help them to understand that and connect them with the flavor they're really interested in pursuing. Like, our home groups obviously meet in homes, but our D groups meet in restaurants mm-hmm. and, and places all over our area. And kind of like Scott, I mean, we're 45 minutes from the ocean, so there's plenty of time for people to do whatever they want to do as well. But when COVID hit, it didn't slow down. Slow. I mean, we had people meeting outside under trees because yeah. there were only four of them. It wasn't mm-hmm. rocket science. Yeah. So, so our groups kept meeting and our, our it sounds strange, even our giving went up during COVID mm-hmm. and we, we're now debt free yeah. Because that connection point was still there. That's right. That's right. Wow. It, it just boils back down to relationships and mm-hmm. people sure. uh, having that family atmosphere and leaning on one another and loving on one another and learning and growing together. I know in my D group, we're experiencing that all the time and learning and growing together and uh, texting constantly about here's my need this week and here's my verse that I God spoke to me in. And those kinds of things are are really happening, uh, at least with mine. I want to thank you guys for being on today and, and 
we have a great team with our discipleship team here at the Georgia Baptist Mission Board. And uh, we're excited to be able to help you and to serve churches around the state. And if you're interested in, in, in this idea of going from a Sunday school model to a Sunday school and a small group model and how they can work together and add a D group model as well, we'd love to be able to share and to help with that in any way that uh, you might need us to. You can go to our website and, and find that information. You'll see that over there in the chat on how you can connect with us. Also, we just wanna just, wanna just praise the Lord for uh, Ray Sullivan and he's been our producer today and helping us with this. He's down there on a blueberry farm trying to pick blueberries today. And we just, uh, we just thank the Lord for Ray and his ministry down in the Southwest part of our part of our convention and I uh, just want to thank the Lord for for all he's doing and you your you guys lives as you pastor and as you lead in your churches and just please remember uh, as you go today to remember to share the gospel seed that was shared with you thanks for listening to Georgia Baptist discipleship podcast and we want to give you a gift the five discipleship shifts most churches need to make to produce world-impacting disciple-makers. You can get this by going to ministryboom.com forward slash the number five discipleship shifts.com. That's ministryboom.com forward slash the number five discipleship shifts.com. This five-page PDF is a discipleship alignment checklist that may surprise you. It will help you learn why programs are killing your discipleship, the number one default worker strategy that keeps churches from empowering their ministries. Learn the OGV factor and how it can revolutionize discipleship, attendance, and evangelism in your church. Again, go to ministryboom.com forward slash the number five discipleship shifts.com. The Georgia Baptist Mission Board is able to provide resources like this because of gifts from Georgia Baptist to the Cooperative Program. For more information on this broadcast and a customized discipleship plan for your church, visit gabaptist.org forward slash discipleship. And by the way, if you found this content helpful, we sure hope you'll share it with a friend. And thanks so much for partnering with us to make world-impacting disciple-makers.